and happy Wednesday, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with Steve Peters, Craig Morgan. How are you guys doing today? Craig, you feeling a little bit more rested than the other day? Definitely. Although the, uh, the party took a little bit out of me last night. That is true. We had our, uh, the PHNX Friendsgiving. Craig brought stuffing and sweet potato pie. I brought ho- homemade mac and cheese. And Petey brought Barrow's Pizza. And wings. And wings. You know what? I know I'm not traditional Thanksgiving, but, but it sure was a hell of a lot easier. And you know what? It was a hit, nonetheless. Well, actually, you know what? It wasn't. It was a big hit on our one-year anniversary. People demolished it. Last night, people were actually into the, the traditional turkey and mashed potatoes and all that stuff went went first so but i'll learn it was fun it was fun lots of four peaks too but the, the fall pack the four peaks fall pack was everywhere i can only imagine what the uh, refrigerators at the studio are going to look like today when it gets fully stocked with all the leftovers it's gonna be a lot of food there that uh, was a feast yeah definitely a feast so good there's some good cooks here for sure um, anywho, we're going to talk, we're going to do our weekly check in around the NHL today. Um, now it's so weird also that we are a week before American Thanksgiving, cause we always talk about American Thanksgiving. That's the you know time of year where you kind of get a sense of how things are going to shake out. And there's some really interesting things going on in the league. Some unexpected, some maybe a little bit more expected, but I think on the more positive end of things, the most unexpected for me has to be the New Jersey Devils and how freaking hot they've been. Um, they ran the Coyotes ran into them. I think that was their eighth straight win at the time. Now they've won ten straight, the third longest in New Jersey Devils history. Um, what do you guys think about this New Jersey team? I think I had them toward the bottom of the Metro when we did our preseason predictions. Well, there was so much talk about which teams might be able to take a jump into the playoff picture you know, that hadn't been in it last year. And I think a lot of the chatter was about a lot of it. I know from North of the border was about Ottawa. See how that's played out. A lot of people were talking about Detroit and some people were even talking about the Buffalo Sabres, including us. I don't think many people were talking about the devils and uh, boy, did we miss the boat on that one? Because they, as you mentioned, are the hottest team in the NHL. I think they have the second best record in the league right now. And the entire plan that, that they put in place when Ray Shearer was the GM. I wrote about this, obviously, when I was back in New York. It's really coming to fruition now. This team looks terrific. Well, I, I, I think the biggest number for me on the New Jersey Devils is their goal differential. They're second, as you said, in standings. They're also second in goal differential just behind Boston. Boston's a plus 30. New Jersey's a plus 21. They're scoring at a great pace because they're fast, they're young, and they have an offense that can click at any time. Um, but they're also keeping the puck out of the net. And we talked a lot about on the show about how teams defend. They're defending extremely well. So, you know, right now, we'll see how long this lasts. I mean, a 10-game streak, you know, when you're winning, you're winning. And when you're losing, you're losing. And so we'll we'll see how long this can keep up. Eventually, they're going to lose. But this is a really good hockey team that looks like they might be playoff bound. This yeah, year. I was going to say, do you think this sustains? Do you think they're a playoff team or are they going to fall off? 
I don't know. They obviously can't keep up at this pace, but man, they've they've built a little bit of a cushion. It always helps to win early and get yourself a cushion. And we've seen what the numbers say. You mentioned Thanksgiving. Elliot Friedman actually looks at an earlier date at November 1st. I think I might have misstated that on a previous podcast, but I was talking to him today and he's actually going to get me the November 1st number. So we'll be able to talk about that and what it looks like. But it's it's ridiculous. The percentage of teams that are in a playoff spot on November 1st basically one month into the season that actually make the playoffs and, wow. and conversely the teams that are outside of it that don't, it's, it's really, really surprising that it, that it happens that early that you have such a definitive cutoff that early in the season. And one of the yeah. things with that Craig is there's, there's some incredibly surprising teams in both conferences that are outside of that looking in. And you look at St. Louis in the West, I think is the biggest team, Nashville and Minnesota, maybe are teams that people expected to be in. And in the Eastern conference, it's Washington and Pittsburgh. I mean, those two teams are, are, you know, both have been on losing streaks and have had, uh, you know, Washington with their injuries. But boy, it, it's getting to a point where wow, they, they've got a lot of ground to make up. And I know it's an early season, but but they've got a long way to go to get back in this. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It's it's not it's not looking good for some teams. Looking better for others. And I know we make this comparison every single time, but you know, if the New Jersey Devils are having this level of success this year. You know, they were picking first overall in 2019. So obviously we talk about it. The Coyotes need a top two pick. They do. But it is a good kind of peek into what could come and what Bill Armstrong is trying to build toward. Um, On the flip side of that is a team that we were saying that about maybe a month ago and maybe not so much today. And that's the Buffalo Sabres, who are no longer a wagon. Sorry, Sean. Um, They've lost six straight games. The, the potential's there. What's going on with Buffalo, though? PDL, you take this one first, but I admit, I'm you know, it's hard. It, it it happens. This is a team that's just not quite ready to win. I think that they're still learning and finding their way. You've seen their offensive output. Tage Thompson's taken a huge step this year. I think goaltending has been an issue, and we always say that with teams that are floundering, you always have to look at their goaltending first. Um, and I hate to say it, it, it just follows the pattern of what happens in Buffalo. And, and it, it it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. And once you see one little thing go wrong, people in the room and in the city and their families go, oh, here we go again. And it's hard to push that out and turn culture. We use that word loosely, but turn culture from, from what you've been to what you want to be. And I still think they're learning. I think they've got a ways to go. Craig? Yeah, and I, we were talking about the Eastern Conference, and, and not only have the Devils jumped back into it, but a team that that might have still been in the mix last year had it not been for their crazy start, 13 straight games on the road, and the effects of moving into a new building. The New York Islanders are right back in the mix, too. So if both of those teams jump into a playoff spot, that obviously means that two teams get bumped out. Right now, as PD mentioned, it's the Caps and the Penguins. But if you have two more contenders in the East, which is already – a really, really good conference. Man, what a playoff race we could have in that conference. I know. I'm looking at the standings right now, and it's like it's just a crazy situation. The wild card, you got Philly and Montreal in fourth and fifth in the wild card ahead of Washington and Pittsburgh. So it's just it's not shaking out how I thought it would, um, but it, it's fun to watch, especially you know down here from the, the lower half of the standings where the Coyotes sit. You know, just – you just think about ahead. At least the Coyotes fans have, you know, reasonable expectations for this season. And we're not the Buffalo Sabres fans who had higher expectations. Maybe that'll be Coyotes fans in a couple years when they're maybe 
well, hopefully not uh, falling short of expectations. But it is nice to kind of be in this chill position where you say, eh, whatever happens, happens. I at least enjoy that for now. But it'll be nice once the pressure is turned on. Um, Craig, I'll let you take this next bullet point in the notes here because I don't know much about this. Yeah, not not much to say other than just sorry to hear the news. Obviously, it was diagnosed earlier this summer, but there was a, a nice ceremony for Borea Salming, the great defenseman for the Toronto Maple Leafs, who has been diagnosed with ALS. Um, we, we know it's commonly known as Lou Gehrig's disease. It affects the uh, it's 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 a it's an awful disease. It's an awful yeah. disease, and and it's not trending well for Borea Salming right now. PD, I don't know how much you watched him. I remember watching him as a kid. He was just he's the picture of grace. That's what I think about when I think of Borea Salming. Just a terrific player for the Maple Leafs who had a long and successful career. Yeah, for those who grew up in that era, I mean, he was a stalwart stalwart player for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, he. You know, an honest player played his ass off and Hall of Fame player. And it's just it's it's really hard to watch. And you watch that ceremony and it's really difficult. And you see how how quickly you can you can fall from grace. And it's make sure everybody out there is taking care of your health and doing the best you can and hug everybody and tell them you love them because you never know. Yeah. And really, it was- really, in, really in the first wave of Swedes that came over too, right. I, I mean, the NHL became more of a global league around that period of time he started playing in the early 70s. Uh, so opened up the game to the world. Uh, obviously, they were still playing it in Sweden, but we, you know, one of those players that made us more aware that, wow, they really can play the game at a high level in some of these European nations as well. Yeah, and it was a beautiful ceremony for those who missed it. Um, you can probably find it on the Toronto Maple Leafs social media as well as the NHL social media. Um, it was a It was a great tribute to him and, you know, Sending him and his family well wishes. Um, Craig, the GM meetings, there's a couple of to- interesting topics <laughs> to be discussed. I'll let you take this one away as well. Yeah, it's it's, it's unfortunately like nothing's changing. Like uh, the, the penalty for an unsuccessful challenge of of uh, a play that was ruled one way is that's going to remain intact. And I don't, I don't mind that so much. It, it should, it will make coaching staffs more judicious with their challenges, but the puck over glass penalty remains a frustrating one for me. I get that you don't want it to be too subjective for referees, but I feel like that there should be some allowance with this penalty for when it's, when it's obvious, right? It's obvious. This was not an intentional play. Let the ref step in at that point and say, Hey, this is, this is not a penalty. I, I get what they're trying to do. I really do. I understand it. You don't want guys delaying the game or taking the easy way out by flipping the puck over the glass when they're in danger in the defensive zone. But we've all seen those instances where it, it is so crystal clear that it was an accident. And I hate to see guys penalized in those situations. Yeah, this is hard because back when you know you go back to the late 90s, early 2000s, this wasn't a rule. And then I remember oh, that's how you defend it. If you're in big trouble, throw the puck over glass. I mean, it was a it was a common tactic to use when you were in trouble or you were defending too long or you were tired. Shoot the puck over the glass. Um, I'm gonna. I I know it's hard to watch, and it's hard to it slows the game down. And you hate to see it when you know it's not intentional. But I hate to have a referee sit there trying to be subjective and go, "Gosh, was he trying? Was he not trying? Was it actually no? If you did, you did it." you're gone. It's two minutes. The only one you still get the gray area is when it goes over by the bench. 
I, I don't know if I have a big problem with it. It's it's easier. It's much easier. Let's make it black and white. And remember the old days when they had the black and white toe in the crease. It was no goal if it's not in the crease. I'm glad we cleared that up. So we've, <laughs> we've got that out of the game. But this one, I, you know, I don't know. Put a team on a power play, especially if the old power play so hot. Let's get them a couple. <laughs> Let's get them on the power play. Yeah, I... I'm I totally get everyone's point of view. I think, you know, people accidentally trip and it's still a penalty, you know. So, but I do get it, Craig. I do. It's just that's a tough one. But what are the, some of the other things at the GM meetings? Yeah, the other interesting one to me and and I know there's been some discussion in various story various stories about this is, you know, extra padding in certain areas. We've seen some lacerations recently uh, oh. in and yeah, so there's been talk of like using Kevlar. There have been studies conducted showing that it can protect. I don't know if you put it around the wrist, you put it around the ankles, you know, the, the areas that are exposed, if you can make it flexible enough for players to actually skate in it. And I don't know if you mandate it. Do you do you make it a choice or do you grandfather in like helmets? So there's there's a lot of this talk, you know, like the shot blockers on the skates too, right, Petey? I just, if you can make the equipment so that it doesn't hinder production or or flexibility or speed or anything if you can make it safer i'm of the mind that you do it and players will adjust to it they'll get used to wearing it maybe what you do is you start it start it uh, as a trend in the lower level so that players get used to it but but you know the one thing that's i'll let you guys talk about those things in a minute but you know the one thing that's still not on this list that drives me bananas we're worried about lacerations we're like, we're not protecting the face we're still not protecting the face. And it's this lame excuse. Oh, I can't. Yeah, I can't see as well. Well, they do just fine in college with a full cage. I don't believe it. It's BS. Protect the face. It's just stupid. Yeah, th- th- there's a lot of things to unwrap when you talk about player safety, because if you go back again, we'll go back to the 70s. No helmets, no visors, no shot blockers. No. It, it, the goalies they, didn't even wear helmets back yeah. in the day. So you try to bring things in and players first go, well, I can't play as well. I can't, it, it, I can't move as well. I can't skate as well. I can't see as well. And it just takes time and it took time to get helmets. And then he went to the visors. Now everybody wears a visor. And I, I agree with you, Craig, the players that tilt their visor up just to beat the rules so they can look under the visor. What are you doing? Protect your eyes. It doesn't make sense. Or, and I'll, I'm going to call out Clayton Keller on this one. You're wearing a mouth guard, wear a mouth guard, <laughs> like wear, wear a mouth guard. And I'll tell you why, because kids see it. He does it because Patrick Kane did it for Team USA. Put the mouth guard in your mouth. Quit chewing it. People, man, there's a lot of parents spend a lot of money on dental work. Get your mouth guard in. And so now you're looking at, you know, the the shot blockers. That took forever. Oh, they're big and clunky on my feet. I can't. Well, yeah, everybody's breaking their feet. Put them on. And now you talk about Kevlar. It's smart. I mean, there are a lot of Kevlar socks. A lot of players wear Kevlar socks so you don't get the cuts um, in the back of the ankle or near the feet. Um I, I think you'll see that expand, but I do do think it's going to take time. It's going to go through the PA, and if players don't want to do it, they won't. You're going to look for grandfathering that in. And as far as full cages, it's strange. You, you watch football, they, were, they wear full-faced protection, and they're not getting hit with wooden weapons in the mouth <laughs> or a puck traveling 100 miles an hour. And they wear face protection. I, I've, I've always wondered that why there isn't been an answer. Like why are players still losing teeth? It's 2022. Why, why are we yeah. still having players getting pucks in the mouth? It is. It sticks? is funny. It is funny because the, the argument, Oh, I don't play as well, but it's like until you make the, either the AHL or the NHL, you're wearing a full cage. Like it just, funny so all of a sudden now you can't wear it 
Um, but I think everything is slow to evolve in the game. Like we said, goalies used to literally wear no mask and now goalies have full gear. And, you know, we've seen also the evolution in warmups. Most players used to not wear helmets in warmups. And now most, I think, is it most or all do in warmups? Do you have to? It's most. It's not required. Okay. It's not required still, but most are wearing them. So maybe it's one of those things that in 20 years down the line, we'll see that return. But I don't think that's going to come around anytime soon, if, in my opinion. But who knows? Who knows? You never, you never know. But don't lose your teeth, hockey players. You don't win. You don't have to. Um, it's probably going to be less enjoyable for you to drink beer. Just saying, kind of sting, <laughs> sting your mouth. That cold, that cold beer, not going to feel good in your empty teeth. So protect your teeth, protect your face, and then you can enjoy Four Peaks beer. And I think, you know, we've talked about the GM meetings there in Florida in the spring. They met this week in Toronto. They, if we're going to put everything else in Arizona, like the all-star game, we were talking about the outdoor game, which we'll get to a little bit later. Put the GM meetings in Scottsdale too. Come on. It's, it's nice here, especially in the, the spring when it's so cold elsewhere. Let's just have everything be here. It could be at the, uh, the Tempe Entertainment District. They can have a nice uh, hotel conference room for the GM meetings. I'm all, I'm all on board for that. And uh, Four Peaks, of course, will be provided. That's my proposal, Gary. Once, once a week, we ought to make our proposals to Gary. We talked about having Four Peaks last night. Phenomenal. The fall pack especially for Thanksgiving. If you're going to a Thanksgiving and you think, what do I bring to this? I don't want to cook. Bring a fall pack of Four Peaks beer. It's amazing. And uh, the World Cup is right around the corner as well. You can join us at Four Peaks A Street Pub for Mexico's first World Cup match. That's Tuesday, November 22nd, literally less than less than a week. Be there at 8 a.m. We love it uh, for delicious breakfast, drink specials, and an appearance from rising head coach Juan Guerrero. Is that how you say his name? I should know this. We met him. He was so nice, by the way, if you're going. He will shake your hand. I promise you. Um, you can grab tickets for that in the description of this video. And um, while we're talking about my proposal to have the GM meetings in Arizona, the meeting spaces should be furnished by more furniture, if I'm being honest, because where, where else would they get the furniture for this? It's the most comfortable, the best looking, and we love it here at our office. And I know a lot of people have checked out more furniture to spruce up their home and you can too during Moore's furniture fall sale at morefurniture.com. Plus you'll receive a $100 gift card for every thousand dollars you spend. All right, moving along. We've talked a lot about the Coyotes players that we could potentially see move at the trade deadline, the teams that are sellers versus buyers how everything's going to shake out, who's going to be a seller, who's going to be a buyer. The Coyotes, unless they go on this crazy run that they've started to go on, um, definitely sellers. But other teams, definitely also sellers. And San Jose is one of those teams. And you've seen the success of Eric Carlson for that team. Even though they're you know low in the standings, they he's been producing offensively, obviously, defenseman. It's crazy because he's in his thirties now. So he's just having, he's having a career year. Could Eric Carlson be traded at the deadline or anytime? Boy, I have a really hard time envisioning a team taking on Eric Carlson. Look, San Jose would probably have to eat half of his contract 
to to make this happen. But look at his cap hit. It's not like he's an expiring free agent. I know they put it out there that they would listen to offers for him. But he's got four more seasons after this at a cap hit at a, of $11.5 million. Eric Carlson is not a young man. I, I, I don't know what you guys think on, on this front, but I have a really hard time believing that anyone's going to take on a guy who will be 33 at the end of this year and has that kind of cap hit, even if he is right now at least producing at his former level, which was yeah. an Oris Trophy level. Yeah, leading defenseman in points right now with 24. Yeah, I think it's all about the money. I mean, you're looking at some of these teams that have the elite scoring defenseman right now, and I know Eric Carlson is going through a resurgence right now. Nobody's going to take that contract on. I, I just, I absolutely don't see it. They're, the teams that are looking to run for a Stanley Cup right now have absolutely no way to make this thing work. And if you're not running for a Stanley Cup, why do you need them? So yeah. I, I just, I don't see it. But never say never in this league. You never know when somebody thinks that that's what they need and that's the missing piece and they give something up and and it turns San Jose around. You just honestly don't know. It almost sounds like a fantasy on San Jose's part, right? Oh, you know, we're going we're gonna to move this giant contract off of our books. Somebody's going to give us assets for it too. Like, really? I, I mean, if, if I'm taking on Eric Carlson's contract, that's almost enough for me. At that point, like, wait, you want us to give up prospects or high picks too? Yeah. No way. No way, man. Look at this contract. And he's 32. So it's not like, and, and, you know, he's still obviously producing at a high rate, but it's not like, you know, maybe a younger player, like even Jacob Chikrin, for example, and numbers aside, just in terms of what you would be taking on, maybe the investment um, for with a few years left on that deal versus when you require a pending UFA at the trade deadline. So I, I agree with you. Um, but San Jose can dream. They probably want to collect all the draft assets possible since they're at the bottom of the standings as well. And maybe some of those picks would be 2024 picks because 2023 is right around the corner of that draft. And speaking of the 2024 draft, it's crazy to think about, but there's already some preliminary lists out there. Craig button put out his um, friend of the show. He's, you know, a, a respected draft expert and he put out his list of top 2024 draft prospects i hope that we're past i don't know do you, are coyotes fans in 2024 are we past having to know the top three prospects in 24 or do we know. still need to know <laughs> i mean i mean uh, there's there's some fear that they're past it this year but i don't know like if if, if you're injecting some prospects into your system you may have hope give hope to your fan base because you're seeing some of the future, but those guys still have to learn to play in the NHL. I could still see the Coyotes struggling and and having a really high pick again next season. I don't know. Like it's funny because when we we were at the same point a year ago, we knew Connor Bedard already. We, we, we talked about, you've been talking about Connor Bedard for two, two or three years. So it's a name that we all knew. I don't know. Do we know Cole Eiserman yet? Is that like if, do you know who Cole Eiserman is or Aaron? I'm Kimoharju? looking at this list and I've never heard one of these names, but that's, <laughs> I, I haven't, but that doesn't mean that they're not amazing prospects. They're just, they're not the Connor Bedard level, which by the way, quick sidebar. Did you see that Corey Promen said that the difference between Connor Bedard and Adam Vantilli is a very small margin? Wow. 
I, I don't disagree. I mean, I, I granted, I haven't watched as much of Bedard. Everyone says he's a generational talent, but I have watched Adam Fentilli play, and he is special. He is a special player. I don't think Adam Fantilli is – I know early projections had him at number three. I think he's the number two pick in this draft, especially the when – The Coyotes need a top on. three pick. They need it. Top they need two. A top two. Top two, yes. One of those two guys, and you're very happy. You're very happy. Yep. They need it. But if you want to check out Craig Button's list, um, it's on, it's up now on TSN. If you want to start familiarizing yourself for some of those players at the top right now, Cole Eiserman of the uh, NDTP is at the top of that list. He's a left wing. And then there's defenseman, right wing, center. I'm not going to try and pronounce some of these names because I'm going to get them wrong and embarrass myself. Uh, but the list is available <laughs> um, to start familiarizing yourselves with if you would like, even if you just know the top 10 because maybe the Coyotes would pick in the top 10, if not the top three in 2024. If the Coyotes pick top two in 2023, I don't care where they pick in 2024 because I will feel very good about getting Bedard or Fantilli. But... Relax. Um, so here's a little a little fun piece, though. Did you see who's number two on that list? Um, I wasn't going to try and Aaron, say the name, Craig. <laughs> Aaron Kibiharu. Do you know who his dad is? He's a scout for the Coyotes in Finland. Get out of here. No there way. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Huh. Well, we've already talked about 2023. We've already talked about 2024. 2025 is when the... NHL expects the next World's Cup of Hockey to be. Originally, they had announced that they were going to hold one in February of 2024. But recently, the NHL came out and said, unfortunately, in the current environment, it is not feasible to hold the World Cup of Hockey at that time. Could you be possibly more vague? Do you have any insight into what the heck that means? Yeah, it's it's all about Russia at this point. There are a lot of teams and players that said they don't want to see Russian players in this tournament, even if they're not playing under the flag. They literally said they would not compete. Teams, nations, players said they would not compete if Russia was in this event. So the PA and the NHL said, okay, yeah, let's let's drop it. Let's see if things are a little bit better down the road. Are you guys on? Sorry, Petey, go ahead. No, but it's too bad because we want to see a best on best. And it's been a long time since you've seen a best on best tournament, either in the Olympics or in the World Cup of Hockey. And that's what everybody wants to see. And Olympics are hard because guys opt out and it's in the middle of the season and guys don't want to get hurt. And there's always, you know, issues with insurance. And and the World Cup of Hockey provides that because before the season starts. Now, granted, a a lot of guys aren't in the best shape yet and they're not ready at game speed and it's not the middle of the season. But the World Cup provides that across the globe that you can see the best on best. So, you know, I hope it happens. And I know 2025 seems like a long way away. That'll be nine years between um, the last World Cup and this one. And and people just are starving for the best on best. And especially now that the world is on a much even more even playing field. Like there are some very good teams and there's no country that's out of it. It's Sweden, it's Finland, it's U.S., Canada, Russia. Like there's some good hockey, you know, Chechia, there's good hockey. And so you'd like to see these teams get the opportunity to play best on best. Yep, I agree. Um, But at this point, I'm going to pretend that it's not going to happen until it's actually happening, because if they keep pushing it back, I'm not going to get my hopes up um, with that one. So we'll see. It would be really cool to cover the World Cup of Hockey when it does happen, maybe uh, some coyote, maybe, you know, with all these unbelievable prospects, the coyotes hopefully are going to have some of those 
guys can be on those teams. Logan Cooley, Team USA, Connor Bedard, Adam Mantilli, Team Canada. Just is that is that <laughs> thinking too far ahead? Um, but it would be really cool to do that. And of course, all of the coverage you can find at gophnx.com where Craig has tons of stories on the docket. Craig, what do you have coming up? You have a lot. Yeah. Uh, well, as you guys know, I took a tour of the league office. So I'm going to have a story on that on Thursday. Um, doing a deep dive on Matthias Michelli, who has wormed his way into the Calder Trophy discussion with uh, a lot of points. He was leading uh, all rookies in points as of yesterday. I haven't looked today, to be honest, but d- doing a deep dive on him. I'm, I'm yeah, still leading. Yeah. And then, of course, the ever popular monthly mailbag in which I answer 7,000 questions <laughs> and work for 40 hours on. which by the way if you're in the members only discord you can also ask questions in there if you do not want to ask them on twitter a lot of people also in the discord don't have twitter so you can also become a member of the members only discord when you sign up for a membership at gophnx.com you can also grab a shirt from the phnx locker there as well and with the holidays right around the corner you're looking for some gift ideas Check out the PH Next Locker. You can also grab a gift card from there if you don't know exactly what to get someone. So head to phnextlocker.com to give the gift of some sweet merch. And if you're looking for some money to use at the locker, check out Underdog Fantasy because it's really easy and simple to win money there. You can play the pick'em game where you simply select higher or lower for player point totals in any league. You want to do that, and I like doing it for the NHL. You can do shots on goals, points. It's really fun. Or you can play daily fantasy, which is a great way to participate in fantasy hockey without managing a team all season long. My fantasy team, my season-long one, is struggling, so sometimes I need a little boost, my a confidence boost, and I'll play daily fantasy. Sometimes Petey and I just go 1v1, and that's fun. You can play in a small group of your friends, or you can play against the public. So check out Underdog Fantasy. It's super easy to get started. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Sign up with the promo code PHNX and Underdog will match your first deposit up to $100. But when you sign up, you have to deposit money to get the match. So do it. I promise you. It's super, super easy to win money. And also on the Pick'em, the more picks you do, the higher your payout is. But you can also buy insurance. So if one of your you do five picks and one doesn't hit, you can still win because you have your insurance. So like I said, lots of great ways to win money on Underdog Fantasy. Check it out. All right. I mentioned the outdoor game. That's kind of been the topic of the week, if you will. Craig put out a poll this morning to the PHNX Coyotes following. Where would you like to see the outdoor game in Arizona? I'm going to check the poll results right now. But Craig, that was a really, there was a lot of uh, conversation sparked on Twitter right now. Sun Devil Stadium is in the lead, followed by Sedona or the Grand Canyon, then Chase Field, and then Monument Valley. But And then I saw some funny ones like, do it in the Grand Canyon and have the players come in on the mules. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> but, uh, but Craig, you also – did you you put a story out on this too, the possibilities? Yeah, yeah. just just and – and it's fun. Look, uh, the logistics of hosting in some of those sites that I'm talking about – are obviously not easy. I mean, they did a, they did a game in Lake Tahoe, but Lake Tahoe has some infrastructure in place. At least it's a it's a community. It would be much harder to do it in Monument Valley or the Grand Canyon. But if you're talking strictly from a visual standpoint, 
Arizona has some jaw-dropping possibilities. Those two, the Red Rocks of Sedona, even Sun Devil Stadium, you know, between the two buttes, maybe with Papago as a backdrop, it offers a lot. There are just some really cool places where you could stage it. My personal belief is that it'll end up at Sun Devil Stadium. It makes sense on so many fronts, given they're they're uh, trying to build an, uh, a stadium in Tempe, their relationship with ASU. It's within the Valley. It's accessible. It's five minutes from the airport. There are a lot of reasons. But if we want to have fun with this, like I, I just wanted to imagine some of the possibilities. Did you guys have others? A lot of people said Flagstaff on Twitter. I saw. I thought that was interesting. I don't know if that was the natural reaction because it's Flagstaff actually gets cold and snow. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, and I'm trying to think of a backdrop. Where would you do it in Flagstaff? I don't know. That's the thing. Yeah. I feel like Flagstaff, the trees. That's not what people think of when they think of Arizona. Not, and obviously Arizona is diverse in, in its landscape everywhere. But when people picture Arizona, and it's so funny, like when we watch the Coyotes play the Sabers and they show the scenic shots, they're showing Niagara Falls, and Sean was like, Niagara Falls is. 45 minutes away from Buffalo. And it's the same thing though. When there's national Arizona games, they show Sedona and you're like, that's a two hour drive from Phoenix, but it's just, they're trying to paint this picture to the national audience that this is Arizona. So that's what I mean when I think about that, but I do agree with you that Sun Devil Stadium with the mountains and that it it works, but PD. No, you're same thing. Like you want all those outdoor deserty shots with the cactus. Like that's fantastic. But to Craig's point, how the hell do you do it? Like logistically, just to make something happen. Like I can see it in the middle of the desert. That'd be awesome. Really cool. But <laughs> like the Grand Canyon. Well, and the yeah. single dirt road to drive to the parking lot. How about the egress for that one? Yeah. Or I'm just thinking getting, about the logistics of driving there. <laughs> the electricity or getting the, the ice up. Like Grand Canyon sounds cool, but I'm in a visiting team no. and where am I flying into? How am I getting there? Like, really? Like, no. <laughs> Right. But it'd be beautiful. Give, so give there, there is Sun only Devil one Stadium. Place. There's only one place, and, and it's Sun Devil Stadium. I, I don't. I honestly, I know we'll hear all kinds of people arguing, and it's got to be here. It's got to be there. It's Sun Devil Stadium. I mean, it, it's the infrastructure is there. It's it's. I mean, the Tempe has got the relationship with the Coyotes, and it is absolutely breathtaking views of hockey that you could get in that. Oh, it'd be amazing with the backdrop of the mountains. It's iconic, right? It's it's certainly our most uh, famous stadium without doubt sun devil stadium is the most famous stadium in this state so you do it there for that reason alone but all the other reasons you mentioned just just add to it it, it just makes so much sense to do it it's i know they've looked at chase field but to me chase field is just no, eh, no. it's just bland it's the D-Max fans don't even like chase field right? just, it's if you're gonna do that just... better ballparks in the M- in the major league baseball it's it's just not just stay inside if you're gonna go to chase stay inside well, honestly, it's not an yeah, outdoor game. I You're going to open the roof, and that's, that's – I mean, I'm sorry. Again, I'm sorry. I'm not – it's not an outdoor game. That's The point of the outdoor game is to get the atmosphere of being outside, and I don't think you could get that with Chase even with the roof open. Yep. Also, shout out to the people on Twitter for finding a way to make this about Quebec when you were asking where should they play an outdoor game in Arizona. Multiple replies, Quebec City, permanently. Great. Thank you for your input. We appreciate you immensely. That has about as much chance of happening as a game at State Farm Stadium in Glendale. <laughs> not happening. I know some people yeah. are like, why not do it there? They'd have to consider it for the tour. No, 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 they no, 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 that's fine. And you can stage I'll, a great game at Sun Devil. You can stage I also still 
I still am slightly on board with Espo's idea at the Waste Management Open in the 16th hole uh, grandstands. <laughs> I think that would be very, uh, very Scottsdale. But if the, if that does, if and when, because well, it is a when, I guess, assuming things go on the right path. Um, I think it would be a cool to see a matchup between the Coyotes and the Golden Knights, kind of a, a desert duel situation. Um, but until then, we got the Coyotes and Golden Knights coming up tomorrow. Um, it feels like because they've been off for three days, it feels like forever. Has it only been two? Today's the third day. It feels like forever because they were playing at a crazy rate every other night. Um, but it, they're back on the road tomorrow in Vegas. And uh, the Schmaltz and Chikrin return is on the horizon. That's happening next week. But this is not going to be an easy matchup for the Coyotes on Thursday night at all. Now, this is a team that's the, right now they're leading the, the the Western Conference. This team is, we said it last show, they're better than we thought they were going to be. I mean, you, you, you know, they've got t- high-end t- talent with Stone and Eichel, and their goaltending has been better than we expected. I they're good at home. I, I I don't know if this is going to be a great matchup for the Coyotes going into this building. They always struggle in there anyway. And this is going to be just so much tougher when, when Vegas is really feeling it. And they're, you know, the other guy to watch out for Phil Kessel. You don't think Phil Kessel would like to, to get one by the Arizona. I was Coyotes. thinking about that, that I might want to put some money on like a Phil Kessel, anytime goal scorer on DraftKings. I expect him to be flying that game. I really do. And, and I would, I would not shy away from that, Leah. I think he's going to be, especially on the power play, he's a dangerous player. And he, you know what? He's lean and mean right now and and maybe. So keep an eye on Phil Kessel against uh, the Arizona Coyotes on Thursday too. I, I, I do expect him to be at his best. Craig? Is Craig muted? It doesn't appear that he's muted. He just is silent. Uh-oh. Well, I'm sure. First he gets kicked is... off the broadcast on Monday. Now he's somehow silent yeah that's i mean <laughs> I, I there are days that that lee and i wish for this to happen but today is not one of them there he is my my headphones my headset went out i don't know why anyway i'm back much to your chagrin. <laughs> <laughs> i'm kidding craig all in jest but craig what what were your thoughts for thursday <laughs> Uh, I, I don't have any. I, I think this is a brutal matchup for them, and they're going to see their road record on this trip evened out. Vegas is Vegas is just steamrolling right now, and I don't I don't see good things for the Coyotes in this game. But you know who could have good things? Here's my segue: Sun Devil Hockey, which opens yes. up a weekend series against Clarkson on Friday. They're up to number 18 in the pairwise rankings, guys. We, we know that these these determine. By and large, these determine the NCAA pairings. Obviously, only the top 16 get in. There's some at-large bids. So ASU has a little more climbing to do, but they've gotten themselves in striking range now with some interesting games coming up, not the least of which is a home series against the University of Minnesota with Logan Cooley and local product Matty Nyes coming up uh, the weekend after this one. Yeah, well, that's, I tell you what, if you get a chance to get to Mullet on Thanksgiving weekend and see the Golden Gophers who have, they've gone from first to second to third, but they're their top three team in, in the country for sure. Um, and I, honestly, 
if, if Arizona can hang with the Minnesota Golden Gophers over Thanksgiving. You got to say Arizona State because Arizona is U of A and people will get very Did I just upset. say Arizona? Yes. No, oh, I'm so sorry. Arizona State Sun Devils. <laughs> if they can hang with the Golden Gophers over that weekend, meaning a split, uh, overtime decision, um, it is going to go a long way for their pairwise ranking because it looks at strength of schedule and who you're playing. And if you're playing the best team in the league, wow. Wow. So if, if, if they can, uh, if they can get any points at all out of that one and you know what, they've been good at mullet. So yeah, you never say never. That could yeah. be a hell of a hockey series. And if you want to see atmosphere in the mullet, mm-hmm. I, I think that might be it. Yeah, absolutely. And for coyotes fans too, getting a chance to see Logan Cooley play at mullet for the first time. It won't be, it won't be his last time by any means, but you can get tickets for that. Now you can get tickets for that next week on the day of the game, on game time. Check it out. You can save up to 60% on tickets when you buy last minute. PD has bought tickets on game time for ASU hockey that is confirmed cheaper than anywhere else you could have gotten them. So when you buy tickets, make sure it's on game time. I promise you it is the best place to buy tickets. And um, use the link in our description below when you buy your tickets and then let us know what you bought them for. I know there was a big controversy yesterday with people buying Taylor Swift tickets. I simply do not care because I was not one of those people, but I know there are Taylor Swift tickets on game time. So maybe check that out too. She is opening her tour here in Arizona. So the day of the concert, check it out. I promise you, you'll find cheap tickets cheaper than $12,000 that are currently on Ticketmaster because Ticketmaster is a monopoly, but that's for another day. <laughs> um, but Craig. Taylor Swift with no Harry Styles. That's that's my thought on this. I so, mean, I just not even you're, you're not wrong, Craig. You're not wrong. Um, before we go, we had our Friendsgiving last night, which was amazing. But something I forgot to mention is that on Monday we had lunch sent to our office by Chop Shop. It was phenomenal. Craig missed out because he did not sleep, um, well, and therefore hours after I arrived in Arizona. Yeah, exactly, but. We got to enjoy Chop Shop. It's amazing. I seriously love Chop Shop so much. If you're looking for healthy but really, really good food, um, there's locations all over the valley. I had a spicy steak bowl. They do bowls, sandwiches, salads. I also love their lemonade and their cookies. Underrated good. Underrated good. So check out Chop Shop. If you haven't tried it yet, uh, you can place your order at originalchopshop.com. Definitely check them out. You guys, any final thoughts before we head out for the day until our PHNX Coyotes after dark tomorrow night? <laughs> Seriously, that's what I'm thinking about. I got to get up to practice, but yeah, that's going to be a, a late night. So hopefully we'll have a bunch of viewers with us on that late night. Just saying, you know, it, w- it would mean a lot to us. It would mean a lot. You can, you can lay in bed and have it open on your phone. Yeah. You don't have to be like at your kitchen table. Just lay in your bed. Put, put us on. It'll be like 11 p.m., but... Yeah, we'll we'll be awake. Let did you see tones of sleep? Rock you to yeah. sleep. I might bring my pajamas. I'm not saying no, but before we, what we're saying after dark, I I don't know if you've seen the Vegas Golden Knights retro jerseys. Oh, the glow in the dark. Are they wearing those the tomorrow? Dark. I don't know. They go on sale. Um, well, yesterday they went on sale. Yesterday they glow in the dark. So I don't know. I don't know what the advantage of having a glow. I don't. I don't understand it. It's Vegas. Maybe. Intros alone, right? That's that's probably it. When they do the introduction, I guess. I so stay tuned for that. I I don't know. I've been looking, trying to see if they're actually wearing them tomorrow because they went on sale yesterday. So that would be kind of exciting for Coyotes um, 
podcast after dark and having the glow in the dark jersey. So I'm here for it. I am certainly here for it. Maybe Craig can wear glow in the dark pajamas to the studio. (laughs) (laughs) We could try that out. Yeah, let's just turn on the black lights at the PHX studio. (laughs) Wear my onesie. Exactly. I might. Don't laugh. Bring I'm usually in bed before I leave to get downtown, so don't worry. <laughs> well, we if hope you, that you'll you join us. Tomorrow, if you wear pajamas on the show tomorrow, I will wear pajamas on the show. I'll tomorrow. wear pajamas. Should we wear pajamas? Wear pajamas. Wear pajamas. Okay. I mean, not. I'm. I'm down. I'm down. So join us if you want to see us in our pajamas after the the game. Tune in to the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. Subscribe. Hit the notification bell so you never miss when we go live. Also, while you're here listening on your favorite audio podcast platform, please like and subscribe, leave us a review, and follow PHNX Sports on all the social platforms. There's always a thousand things going on between Cardinals and Suns. The Cardinals, they're going to do a recap show of Hard Knocks tonight. Their one last week was amazing. I've been tuning into Hard Knocks, so check that out later tonight, also on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. Of course, follow each of us, at Leah Merrill, at S. Peters Hockey, and at Craig S. Morgan, and follow PHNX Coyotes on Twitter at PHNX underscore Coyotes, the poll for where you want the outdoor game to be. And Quebec City is not one of the four options. Go vote in that poll. Reply with if you have a better option. Let us know there online. Thank you again so much for tuning in. Like I said, we'll be live tomorrow after dark, after the Vegas Golden Knights Coyotes game. Until then, everybody enjoy the rest of your Wednesday and we'll talk to you tomorrow.